0: After Jesus had finished teaching the disciples, John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched the gospel of the lord Praise well as I was reflecting on the readings last night and this morning I really saw so much we could talk about but there was a certain theme that came to me and it's the theme of authentic Christian inclusivity. And I want to unpack that a little bit today. But just to start, all of us have probably felt, I know I have, I think everyone here has, felt the pain of being excluded. Right? I remember being out at recess in school. Oh, I can't play with those people. They don't want to hang out with me. Or that group, I'm not in with them. Or whatever it is, maybe it's at work. Maybe it's people in our family Maybe there's other people we know and we get a sense from them that we're not really welcome. We're not really appreciated or loved. Man, that hurts. It hurts, and, and the reason it hurts so much, one of the reasons is because God made us for communion with others. Because the Trinity is a communion of persons who love each other. We're made in their image. Like us. We're made to love and be loved and be in communion. So when we are excluded, we are hurt. So, I want to share a bit about this theme, which you might say, how is he going to connect these readings with that theme? Oh, you'll see. You're about to see. And I just want to say, I love those names from the first reading, Eldad and Me Dad. Man, those are some cool names. If you meet an Eldad and a Me Dad, tell them to ring me up. I want to hang out with Eldad and Me Dad. Especially, well, probably not going to have the same experience with Moses as those guys had, but there's a principle when it comes to authentic. Christian inclusivity that I learned from a totally secular philosophy class that is so much actually what we need to do as Christians. It's called the principle of charitable interpretation. Which means that when we see others doing something, or if they make a case for something, we should try our best to see that in the most charitable and positive light possible. And that might not always be our first instinct, right? If someone hurts us or doesn't say something to us, isn't warm to us. Let's say I get up in the morning. Father Wojtek Kuzma is walking in the kitchen. He's maybe still waking up. Let's say he's not the most excited to see me. I might say, ah, he doesn't like me. Oh, no. And my whole day could be ruined because he didn't really say much to me as he drank his coffee. But maybe if I just go, wait a sec, let me interpret that charitably. Oh, actually, he's just tired. (laughs) He's just waking up. He's not a morning person, he's getting his coffee and this has no meaning that he does not like me. Or maybe someone presents a case for something they hold very uh, true and we might not agree because of maybe our Christian beliefs. At the same time we can listen to them warmly, give them every benefit of the doubt that they have goodwill, that they mean well, that they're trying to do the right thing, and we can see it in a positive way. And in fact, philosophically, people, when they talk about philosophical arguments, which is when you make a case for your view, we're not talking fighting verbal arguments, we're just talking intellectual arguments, there's a fallacy called the straw man fallacy, where you actually pretend that your argument of your opponent is weaker than it is. So you kind of don't really give the full strength to it. But a charitable interpretation is that you actually Take their argument and make it stronger <laughs> against your own view. That's called seal manning. It's something St. Thomas Aquinas does in his Summa Theologica when he answers all the questions. Okay, principle charitable, principle of charitable interpretation. Do I see others? Do I try my best to see what they do and what they say to me in the best possible way? Also, when we look at what others are doing, another thing about this is that we want to be one with them. And we should, if we're honest, we see good in everybody. But we're also all a mixed bag, right? All of us have good and bad. We have our strengths, we have our weaknesses, and often our weaknesses are different than other people. So we can be tempted to think, oh, I'm better than them because I don't struggle with what they struggle with, but maybe they'll struggle with what I struggle with. And so part of this being inclusive and welcoming and interpreting charitably with others is that we see that they all have good, even if the people at some groups don't agree with me, don't agree with the Catholic Church. I'm still going to love them. They're a gift from God. I'm going to assume they mean well, and any good they have is from God. And thanks be to God for that. Even if they're better than me at stuff, wow, praise God, that's good. I'd rather they're better. Than, I'd rather every priest be way better than me, um, because that would really be sad <laughs> if that was not the case. When we try to have this. Christian inclusivity. What we want is a communion in the truth. We want unity in truth. Not to compromise truth for unity, but to always speak the truth in love, which is what the Bible teaches us. And so, okay, now I want to jump in a little more here. You might have heard that very recently the Canadian Catholic Conference of Bishops offered a very heartfelt, unequivocal apology to the indigenous peoples of this land. It's very recent. You can look online. It's a beautiful statement. I, I wish the media did a better job of reporting this because it is so beautiful and so needed, I think, to help people who struggle with this reality of our Church's participation, unfortunately, in residential schools. This is an example where we can see authentic Christianity, authentic Christian inclusion. Because as Catholics, there might be some beliefs that we, or as Christians in general, that we may not fully buy into that certain indigenous groups hold. And like the other way around, they might not fully buy into that Jesus Christ is God, that he is the savior of the world, that he came to die on the cross for our sins, that God loves us. But there are a lot of things we do agree on. And we should really always highlight that to bring a Christian inclusivity that doesn't pretend that we agree on everything, but that nevertheless is united in truth and love and seeing one another in the most charitable way, bringing healing, bringing reconciliation, bringing forgiveness, where we're so, so sorry for what happened, these tragic things. That's kind of something that shows true Christian inclusivity, where we can be united, and all are welcome to be together today. We hear from the letter of James, and he has these harsh words for rich people. And you might, if you read that alone, you might go, wait, what's wrong with having stuff? Well, the problem that James is highlighting is that in that community, there was division. There were people who were excluded. There were people who were not treated with love and respect and dignity that is theirs. And often wealth or possessions, you know, they can start to dominate people's minds. This greed seeps in. It could come to any of us. And we might start actually caring more about possessions than people. More about prosperity than people. We might care more about riches than relationships. And this is not okay. This is not the teaching of Jesus. People and relationships are more important than riches. More important than prosperity. Those are good things, but we use them for others. They're not bad, but they're gifts from a loving God meant to be shared with an authentic Christian inclusivity. I see you have need. You are welcome. Let us help you. This is so important. You know, God is so welcoming to us. But Jesus says some kind of strong words today, and we have to talk about those words. We can't water down or dilute the gospel. And Jesus says a lot of, I think, amazing stuff. Like We could talk for hours. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that for you today. But he says, first off, and we see this theme in the first and the second reading there, are people kind of outside the established group, but they're doing good things. And ultimately, it's good things that the Lord is working in them, whether it's Eldad and Medad. They're outside the camp. The Spirit of God comes upon them. They start prophesying, telling the good news of the Lord, doing his will. Joshua's was like, whoa, hold up. They're not on the, they weren't there. And Moses is like, don't you wish that everyone had this? All, all can experience this. And then in the gospel today, we see there's this, there's this man casting out demons in the name of Jesus. The powerful name of Jesus. So powerful, he's not even part of the team. And he's able to cast out demons just with the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. And they're like, whoa, hold up. Jesus, this guy, he's not part of us. He can't do that. And Jesus is like, don't stop him. No one who does a deed of power in my name will soon be able afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. You know what? We're still working on the same team. He is helping. He's doing good. The Lord is working through him. We don't have to stop that. Hopefully one day he joins that team. Hopefully he becomes one with the disciples of Jesus more fully. That's what we want for everybody. And then we hear these words of the Lord that we have to explain. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. For it is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to hell. So, a few things we have to say here. One, the Bible says very clearly that Jesus came to save us. He wants everyone to go to heaven. St. Paul writes, God wills all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. There's this inclusivity that God offers. He wants all to come to him in his love. But there is kind of a thing we have to keep in mind. Sin can separate us. Sin actually does our own exclusion from God. Sin is me going, I know what you God want, but I don't want to do that. So I step away from you. Now, if you do that in a serious way, you break that relationship. Right, And so sin is dangerous. Sin is just when you choose to do what you know God doesn't want you to do. It's a simple definition. And Jesus is using what we call a Semitic hyperbole. This is something Jewish rabbis would do at his time. He would make an exaggerated, they'd make exaggerated statements to make a very important point, not meant to be taken literally, but to highlight some truth. And that truth that Jesus is saying is sin is dangerous. Do not partner with sin, which is the opposite of love. Love is to think, will, and do what is truly good for others. Sin is to say, I just want what I want. I'm going to do my thing. I don't really... I'm not really going to try that hard to love God and neighbor. And Jesus says that's dangerous. And why is it dangerous? Because if you commit what's called a mortal sin which is when you do something that is gravely wrong, think of the Ten Commandments except in a super small way, you know it's gravely wrong, and you do it freely anyways, it's called a mortal sin, grave matter, I know it's grave matter, I do it freely anyways. That constitutes a rejection of God. And it's called mortal sin, according to the Bible, because it's deadly for the soul. It's, it kills our spiritual relationship with God. That's why we need confession again to be forgiven so sin is dangerous and if I die the Catechism of the Catholic Church says if we die and we don't repent of our sin we have basically God gives us a beautiful amount of time to live on this earth to choose to follow him but if I say I don't want you God and maybe I don't say it in those words but I say it with my actions I have myself sadly infinitely tragically excluded myself from heaven And because God gives us free will, free will is powerful. I can say no to God for in a serious way and lose my salvation. And Jesus warns about this. He says, if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. Wow. Imagine a place with none of God and no goodness. At all. God does not want anyone going there. He hates that anyone would go there. Because he loves us and wants to include us in the most perfect Christian inclusivity you can imagine. But he won't force us. He won't drag us into heaven with him. Because he loves us enough to respect our freedom. And so, man, there's so much we could reflect on. But ultimately, today, we experience a call to in an authentic Christian inclusivity to surrender our life to God and to truly selflessly love others, to repent of our sin, which just means to love instead of sin, and to come to the Lord with humble and contrite hearts as we pray at every Mass, knowing that Jesus treasures us. He loves you so much. No sin is too big for God's mercy. He so desperately wants to include you in that paradise of heaven that he died on the cross to purchase for us. So let's tell the Lord in our heart that we want to acknowledge his commandments and follow him and see the good in others and love them as Christ loved